this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we lift a shout of praise together? Take a second, don't go too far, but just turn to somebody near you and just give them a high five, tell them good morning, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute with the message. Good morning. How are you guys doing on the last Sunday of 2023? Yeah? Well, I'm excited to get to share um, just a brief message. Uh, I know it is a family service. I'm a dad of four kids. I know this is the part where the parents' anxiety goes high. You can hide behind the music, but the message. Uh, I promise to be short and simple. But like I said it just a minute ago, this year, maybe as you reflect back on this year, many highs, many lows, maybe many seasons or things that you've been through you didn't know if you would make it through, um, but just take a second and look around. You're here, God is still good, he is on the throne, and we're thankful for this year, but I'm pumped about next year. I'm pumped to just keep going into 2024. So basically, the heart of my message today is to just set up what is about to start in just a few days, the 21 days of prayer. And so every year, we take 21 days in January to dedicate to the Lord, and, and the heart of this 21 days is to pray and to fast together as a church body. And so we kick off the 21 days of prayer on Wednesday. Everybody say, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we kick off the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so again, the heart of this message, not really, it's more of just an exhortation. Uh, why do we do this? Why 21 days in January of prayer and fasting? And, and straight from the heart of Pastor Ron, it's always been our heart as a church that we take the first part of the year to honor and to glorify the Lord and just to intentionally set apart the first 21 days or part of the first 21 days of the year, just again, as a way to honor and press in and glorify Christ. And so when you hear the word fasting, everybody's good with prayer, but when you hear the word fasting, there may be a Ugh, inside of you. Now, let me just quickly define fasting. To fast means to voluntarily abstain from certain foods, eating, 
and or drinking or certain activities for an extended period of time. Biblical fasting is a discipline voluntary denying oneself in order to be available for prayer and communion with God. It is an ultimate act of self-denial for the glory of God. And so if you look back over church history, Christians have been doing this forever. It's all in the Old Testament. It's all in the New Testament. It's all throughout church history, and it's still around today. All throughout Scripture, you see believers, they would fast for so many different reasons. Some would fast because they were in a place of mourning. Some it was... Uh, it was a season of repentance, of sin. Some seasons where they were seeking wisdom or they were seeking direction from God. But one thing is, is present in every scenario, and it's people seeking for an encounter with God, for God to just do something. People seeking an encounter with God for God to do something, and that is our heart for our church congregation in the 21 days of prayer is that in these 21 days, you would simply have some type of encounter with the Lord. Amen. In this 21 days, what I'm praying is like Sean just said from the stage is that you would have a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit like you see in Acts. It wasn't just a one and done thing. It was constant that they would gather together, they would pray and they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They would gather together and they would pray and they'd be filled with the Spirit. They'd gather together and they'd pray and they'd be filled with the Spirit. And guess what? They would gather together again and be filled with the Spirit. It was a constant thing. To be filled with the Spirit is a constant thing that should be present in the life of every believer in Christ. And that is what we're praying for in the 21 days of prayer. And so with that, kind of just the why set up, I just have four quick hitters, four quick hitters that I would hope that you would consider before we go into the 21 days of prayer and fasting. So number one, number one is that you would do the fast for the glory of God, not the recognition of man. For the glory of God, not for the recognition of of man. So it's really easy when you enter into a time of fasting and prayer that you publicize it and you tell everyone about it and that can be fine but what can easily happen is your motive becomes all about the recognition of man and not the glory of God. Jesus even spoke to this in Matthew 6 when he says, "When you fast, talking to his disciples, and when you fast, do not look gloomy." like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And again, so it's so easy to emphasize and allow that, if you're honest, that to creep into your heart. I'm doing this so people would see me. That is what the Pharisees did. And the way Jesus calls us as his disciples is to do it in private, do it in secret. And again, we know everybody's going into this. We're doing this together. 21 days of prayer and fasting. But my heart is that your heart would be to glorify God, to pursue the Father who sees in secret, and he will reward you there. That's number one. Number two, 
a quick hitter. Number two is that you would avoid doing the 21 days solely as a diet plan. The goal is closeness to God. So please hear me when I say this. Fasting, yes, most of the time in scripture, you see fasting involves food. To withstand from food. And so some go the entire 21 days without any food and they only drink water. God bless you, you're amazing. I don't know how you do it, but, <laughs> but there's been people that do it. Some pick specific days out of the 21 days, 24 hour time periods of no food, only water. Some fast sugar for the 21 days. Some fast something else. The variations could go on and on. And yes, fasting does or can include withstanding from some type of food. But what I'm trying to say is what can easily happen, I have noticed, is that the 21 days can become more about the diet plan than it is intentionally devoting time to the Lord. And so my heart, as we're gearing up for the 21 days, is that you would see the chief highest goal of the 21 days should not be to drop in pant size, to see the weight on the scale go down or, or whatever. The chief goal, my prayer for you, the chief goal is closeness with the Lord, to have an encounter with the Lord. Now, if you're fasting food of some sort, a byproduct may be that you look a little slimmer after 21 days. That's cool, but that shouldn't be the chief goal. And so my heart is that you will miss the point if you make it all about the diet plan and not all about the Lord. Amen? That's number two, quick hitters. Number three, as you're thinking and considering the 21 days of prayer, something that I, my, from my heart to you is number three, you would replace sacrifice with God. Replace whatever it is you're sacrificing with God, this is huge. The goal of this 21 days of prayer and fasting is to devote time and encounter the living God. But the point is not what you're fasting. Rather, the point is who we are giving things up for, for the glory of God. And so if you just sacrifice social media or you just give up something in the fast and you neglect to pursue God, through it all, again, you're, you're missing it. You're missing the point. And so if you just give up food and don't replace it with God, I read or I heard someone say once, then you're just an unnecessary hungry person. <laughs> I remember the first time I, I became a new believer and pretty quickly heard about fasting. I'm like, I'm going to do that. And I remember I was in college, a new believer, and I said, I'm not going to eat for 24 hours, some no food for 24 hours. And I did, I went the whole day with no food for 24 hours. We, we won't talk about the three cookies and cream Chick-fil-A milkshakes that I drank, but I didn't eat food. <laughs> and, I, and what's funny is looking back, I never set any time aside to spend with the Lord. I just thought it was the mere action of no food. But I remember it was like 
11.30, and I'm standing in my parents' kitchen looking at my phone, waiting for the clock to hit midnight. And as soon as it hit midnight, there was a Jets pizza right there, <laughs> warmed up, ready to go. And I say that story because I fasted outwardly, but I missed the point, and I acknowledge that. Again, the point is replace the sacrifice with God, with the Lord. It's not the mere act of not eating or something. Again, it is, I'm giving this up for the glory of God to pursue time with the Lord. So replace sacrifice with God. That's number three. Here's number four. Told you I'm going to be quick and simple. Number four, show up to the corporate times of prayer. Everybody say, I'm going to show up. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to show up. You are. Show up to the corporate times of prayer. Please hear me. There is so much power when believers gather together corporately with the heart intent of praying and interceding and worshiping God. I mean, you just never know what's going to come out of when believers gather. This is, what, this is the point of Sundays. For example, after worship, there, a, a trusted leader in our church came to me and, and delivered a prophetic word. You're not going to get that. I mean, you might get that for you privately, but this is one of the benefits of gathering together. And the prophetic word given to me, and I'll share it with you, is just simply to remember that the Lord is doing a new thing. Like in Isaiah, see, you see, behold, I am doing a new thing. And the prophetic word was just to encourage someone in the room to stop falling into defeat, to, to lift up your eyes, to see above what's going on, to stop wrestling and just giving in to defeat, but see that the Lord is about to do something new in your life. That's a prophetic word. I don't know if it's for anyone, but, you're, but that's the beauty of corporate gatherings. When you gather together with other believers, so much power can come out of that. And my prayer is in these 21 days that you would intentionally show up to the corporate times of prayer. Yes, devote time to the Lord privately. There's so much power in the secret place, but equal to that, come and gather together. So I want to just show the calendar again of what, what is about to come in the 21 days. So on January 3rd, we kick off the 21 days. So we're going to have a worship night here. We're not, no meal, just a worship night and some prayer here in this room, January 3rd. And then January 6th, that's a Saturday, we're going to gather here in this room and have family prayer. And then the next Saturday, January 13th, there's going to be a men's prayer gathering. And then the following Saturday, a women's prayer gathering. And then the 24th, we're going to gather together. We're going to celebrate all that the Lord did in the 21 days. We are going to have dinner that night. Um, and we'll gather together and close it out. One that's not on that schedule to look for is the, we're going to have a youth prayer gathering. So be on the lookout for that. But students, 6th through 12th graders, be on the lookout. We're going to have a spot for you to gather and pray. My point is show up to the corporate times of prayer. There's so much power when the body gathers together and prays. So that's my four quick hitters. And this, this last thing I, I want to say is just straight from my heart 
to you. This is not a on behalf of Christian life thing. This is not Pastor Ron told me to tell you. This is just from my heart to you. You can take it or leave it. But again, our prayer is that everyone in the room and everyone that's not here, that's a part of Christian life, would participate in the 21 days of prayer in some capacity. And so this is, again, not a mandatory call, but my encouragement at a minimum is what if everyone fasted, considered fasting, social media, and unhealthy secular media entirely? So that means for 21 days, no Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, no TikTok, no Twitter, or X, I guess they call it now. What if for 21 days you just deleted the apps or put them away for 21 days? No social media, and no, what if you fasted unhealthy media? Now, what does that mean? It means exactly what you think it means. I'll let you define it. I'll let you follow the leading of the Spirit and discern what is unhealthy secular media. So music, movies, or shows that may be explicit or unclean in content, what if at a minimum you fasted those things? What if? The majority of us would admit that those two things, social media and unhealthy secular media, take up a ton of our time Every day. They compete for our attention. They have way too much of our allegiance and commitment. I mean, my hand is raised too. And what if for 20, this is what at a minimum I'm going to do. What if for 21 days you sacrificed those things, laid them aside, and replaced them with God for the glory of God? And that resistance you feel when I say that, that, is exactly why you should do it. That's just from me to you. That is no official stance or thing that we're calling everybody to do. If you're a Christian life member, you have to do this. You don't have to do it. That's just from me to you. Would you join me and maybe for 21 days just laying aside social media and unhealthy secular media just for 21 days? I just... I, could just keep chasing this thought. But if you think about us as New Testament believers, we are called the temple of God. In the Old Testament, it was a physical building you went to. In the New Testament, we are the temple. But if you think about the parallels, in the Old Testament, would they take unclean things and allow unclean things to enter the temple? No. So as New Testament believers, as the New Testament temple of God, why would we allow unclean things to enter us as the temple of the Holy Spirit? Food for thought. Pray about it. You have three days. But what will you give up for the glory of God? What will you do to join in on these 21 days of prayer? And I pray that whatever the Lord asks of you to do, you would simply obey his voice. Amen. So I forgot mine, it's over there. When you walked in, you received this card. Everybody hold up your card. This is a special card. If you don't have one, that's okay. At the end of service, when you're leaving, there will be a team. Just find, you'll see them in the foyer. They'll have the cards. If you did not get one, get one. 
<clears throat> because this is something special that we want to really highlight throughout the 21 days of prayer. So this, this is our card. If you haven't heard already, Pastor Ron is just exuding the vision of in 2024, we want to get serious about reaching those that do not know Jesus in 2024. And so what this card is, is there's three spots. You can do more than three. You don't have to do three, but at least consider doing three. We want you to write down at some point three names of three people that do not know Jesus, that you want to spend 21 days just intentionally praying for that they may potentially come to know the Lord. So be praying about three names. We're gonna highlight this a lot throughout the 21 days. But your job is to pray into three names of people that don't know Christ, and we are gonna together intercede for these names. And we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe. Join me in having big faith that people in my life that I love, that I interact with, that do not know Jesus, maybe in 2024 will be the year that you get to have a front row seat to seeing them come to know Jesus. And maybe, maybe the vessel in which the Lord wants to reach them is you. And that's what we're gonna pray for. That's what I'm believing for. Yesterday I read Isaiah 59.1. I just want to share it with you. Isaiah 59, 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that it cannot hear. I'll say it again. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that it cannot hear. And so whoever those people that come to your mind that may not know the Lord and you've been trying and trying and years pass, behold, the Lord's hand is not too short that he cannot save and he hears us his ear is open to us when we pray he hears and he's seen the tears we've cried and he's heard the intercessory prayers we've prayed God please reach this person save this person maybe in 2024 we'll see these things come to pass amen so this is the card amen I love it <laughs> so this is the card if you don't have one get one on your way out and we're believing in faith in the 21 days. Man, we're just gonna pray together and intercede for these names. Amen? Would you stand with me as we close together? <clears throat> so, again, this is the last Sunday of the year. And really, this is just a big setup for what we're about to step into I just want to close with reading two passages of Scripture. And these two passages of Scripture, they highlight the importance of prayer coming before radical moves of God. They highlight the importance of prayer preceding the mission of God being fulfilled. In 2024, we are going hard after reaching people that don't know the Lord. We're going to reach them with the gospel. We're going to bring them in. We're going to join forces. We're going to disciple them. We're going to equip them. But what you see in Scripture, and Sean kind of he hit on this a little earlier, is that there's so much power in prayer preceding radical moves of God and prayer preceding 
fulfilling the mission of God. So the first passage, Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. Let me just read this. It says, and when, and Jesus, he went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And, and see this, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. So when he visually looked at the crowds and he saw the people that did not know him, it says he had compassion. And that word compassion, it means like to your stomach over it, like moved so deeply that you're sick to your stomach that it just keeps you awake at night. He's had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. These people were like sheep without a shepherd. I pray that we have this same heart. When we see people that don't know the Lord, our family members, our friends, our coworkers, people that we see frequently in public that don't know the Lord, I pray that our heart wouldn't be, God, they're just heathens, or they're just ignorant, or they're just evil, or dumb. I pray that our heart, that we would be sick to our sick when we see them, that we would have such compassion and know that these people are sheep without a shepherd. This is the heart of Christ. And then 37, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, and Jesus gives them the action. Therefore, because of that, not strategize, not have a meeting and strategize, not have a big reach event. Jesus says, therefore, pray. Pray earnestly. That word earnestly, it means just like begging God. Just begging God, like your prayer is actually what is dependent on this happening. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And so the point of this passage is for you to see that Jesus' heart is that before you go, before you reach, you would pray. And that's our heart for the 21 days is that we would gather together and we would pray and worship and pray to the Lord of harvest that he would raise up laborers among us to go and reach those that don't know him. The last passage of scripture is Acts 13, one through three. You may remember this from the Acts series, but it says, now there were in the church of Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, of Cyrene, Menean, of a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I've called them. And after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and they sent them off. So again, here you see in a time dedicated, set apart to the Lord, where they were worshiping and praying and fasting, from that gathering and time that was set apart came God setting apart Saul and Barnabas to go and plant churches and to see the mission of God fulfilled. So again, why do I read that? It is because there's so much power when believers set apart time to worship and to pray and to fast. And among that, what you see a lot of times is when a church commits to that, you see on the other side of it, a radical move of God. A radical move of God. Who does not want to see a radical move of God? I pray all of us 
would long to see God move, long to see him move in our homes, long to see him move through us as we interact with others. I long to see him move in this room in our gatherings in 2024. And so would you join in on the 21 days of prayer? We're gonna set apart these days to just pursue the Lord, to pray together and just to see him move. I pray in faith. Do you agree? Amen. All right, let me pray. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna, we're gonna worship and then Sean's gonna dismiss us. So Lord, I pray for every person in the room. God, I pray that everything that I've just said, God, I pray you would just do it in us. God, would you just ignite a fire in us? Lord, would you help us to see what is it that you want us to just lay aside for 21 days? God, what can we sacrificially just lay on the altar? And God, what can we, can we just lay aside so we can pursue you? So Lord, I pray you would speak to us and that you would help us to obey.